How short is life? Have you considered your end? Sobering, isn't it? Psalms 90 verse 12, So teach us to number our days, that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. God says our days are like a vapor. James 4.14, For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little while, and then vanisheth away. The words quoted above in Psalms were spoken by Moses nearly 3,500 years ago. The passage in James was 2,000 years. When Brother Job, in the midst of his trouble, spoke of his life and prayer unto God, he said the following in Job chapter 7, My days are swifter than a weaver's shuttle, and are spent without hope. Oh, remember that my life is wind, mine eye shall no more see good. The eye of him that hath seen me shall see me no more. Thine eyes are upon me, and I am not. As the cloud is consumed and vanisheth away, so he that goeth down to the grave shall come up no more. He shall return no more to his house, neither shall his place know him any more. Numbering our days is serious business. We are directed in the word of God to redeem the time. Imagine literally converting temporal life, a vapor, into eternal glory. This feat is accomplished through the marvelous miracle of the second birth. Have you numbered your days, or better said, your potential days? Be assured that at the end of our days, we will stand before God to give an account of our decision concerning His only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, whose life was sacrificed on Golgotha's hill for the redemption of our souls. Let's number our days. If you are presently 20 years of age and live to the average U.S. male life expectancy of 74, you have 19,725 days to live. That's the amount of seconds in 329 minutes. If you are 40 years of age, your days number 12,419, which is the amount of seconds in 207 minutes. If you are 60, you have 5,114 days to live, and that's the amount of seconds in 85 minutes. Now, if you are 70 years old, you have 1,461 days to live, or the seconds in 24 minutes. The principle of redeeming time begins when one believes upon Jesus Christ, repents of and forsakes sin, and follows Jesus Christ in his word. This place is called born again, born a second time, not as the son or daughter of Mr. and Mrs. So-and-so, but as sons and daughters of the living God. At this place, the vapor called life is transformed into eternal life, and death is swallowed up in victory. Have you been born again? Or have you given your heart to Christ and have fallen away? Are you ready to have all your sin and shame expunged from your record? Would you like today to be the best day of your life and for tomorrow to be better? Would you love to have a life filled with structure, power, and purpose? If so, click on the Further with Jesus for childlike instructions and instant entry into the kingdom of God. Now for today's subject. God said, Exodus 20, verse 11, For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that in them is, and rested the seventh day. Wherefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. God said, Colossians chapter 1, verses 13 through 20, Who hath delivered us from the power of darkness, and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins, who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. For by him were all things created, that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, 
whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. And he is before all things, and by him all things consist. And he is the head of the body of the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. For it pleased the Father, that in him should all fullness dwell. And having made peace through the blood of his cross by him to reconcile all things unto himself, by him I say, whether they be things in earth or things in heaven. God said, Isaiah forty-five eighteen. For thus saith the Lord that created the heavens, God himself that formed the earth and made it. He hath established it. He created it not in vain. He formed it to be inhabited. I am the Lord and there is none else. Man said this earth was not created by God, neither are we unique in the universe. There's life out there and we will find it. When atheist evolutionist Richard Dawkins was asked by Ben Stein in the documentary Expelled to explain the origin and complexity of life, he suggested we have made, we may have been seeded by aliens. Now the record. When confronted with the amazing, spectacular complexity of life, evolutionist Dawkins suggested the possibility that Earth was seeded by aliens. Mr. Dawkins, his speculations are accurate. God created the earth and the universe by his son Christ Jesus, and both of them hail from outer space, from a place called heaven, the third heaven, which is beyond the North Star. Man is looking for answers, but refuses the answer when given to him. Man is looking for his creator, not the real creator, but rejects the necessary ingredient to see him. Many in the field of science are preoccupied with proving life without the need of God. The subhead in a feature spread in the July 19, 2008 issue of Science News reads, This fall, the massive Large Hadron Collider beneath France and Switzerland will switch on. Protons moving at almost the speed of light will collide with energies high enough, physicists hope, to solve matter's biggest mysteries. A few paragraphs from that feature follow. The hammering has stopped. The whining of power tools has abated. Only the hum of electronic detectors reverberates through the cavernous eight-story space below the Swiss-Franco border that is stuffed with 9,300 magnets and enough niobium-titanium wire to stretch to the sun and back five times. But by September, if all goes according to plan... Two narrow beams of photons moving in opposite directions will begin making laps around the underground laboratory's 27-kilometer-long subatomic racetrack. The protons will pass from Switzerland to France without benefit of a passport and smash into one another up to 600 million times a second. The most violent of those collisions will generate the heat energy, and densities that existed just a trillionth of a second after the Big Bang. And like a movie in perpetual rewind, these primordial recreations will repeat about once a second. This is the Large Hadron Collider, or LHC, the mammoth atom smasher operated by the European Organization of Nuclear Research, better known by its French acronym CERN. 
More than 15 years in the making, everything about the LHC is enormous, from the energies it generates, 14 trillion electro electron volts, to the nearly 60 metric tons of liquid helium required to cool its magnets, to the 20,000 tons of metal it houses, and to the staff of thousands of scientists involved, all this just to study the tiniest particles in the universe. But more than the $8 billion price tag is riding on the LHC. Depending on what's detected, physicists may find out if they understand the fundamental building blocks of nature or if everything that physicists have been talking about for 45 years is wrong, says CERN theoretical physicist John Ellis, end of quote. They're looking for the invisible Higgs boson. The following excerpts concerning the Higgs boson are from the God Said, Man Said feature, The Theory of Everything, Reading the Mind of God. Science is spending huge sums of, of cash and resources to discover the unifying source of the universe. Einstein spent the last 30 years of his life attempting to construct a unified field theory commonly known today as the theory of everything that would explain how the universe works. Einstein compared it to reading the mind of God. His assessment, as you will see, was accurate. Science is looking for the theory of everything which explains how the universe works. A British physicist, Peter Higgs, demonstrated how a hypothetical field could solve the mystery of why matter has mass. The particle related to this hypothetical field is known as the Higgs boson. The Higgs boson that Peter Higgs introduced in the 1960s has never been seen by science. A feature article dealing with the Higgs boson was published in Discovery in its, in its July excuse me, 2005 issue under the title, Catch Me If You Can, with the subhead, After Spending Decades and Billions of Dollars Searching for the Higgs boson Particle, physicists will soon find out if it was all just wishful thinking. The following excerpts are from that feature. I drove to Fermilab on a blustery winter day to learn about a subatomic phantom called the Higgs boson. The Higgs also requires a leap of faith because so far it is entirely hypothetical. Some physicists are counting on it to help solve the most intractable riddles in their profession. It might, for instance, explain the preponderance of matter over antimatter in the cosmos or it might yield a formula that would unite gravity with the three other uh, fundamental forces into a long-sought theory of everything. Above all, the Higgs could be the emissary of a ubiquitous force field that confers mass on matter. It could answer a huge question. Why does matter weigh something instead of nothing? End of quote. Presently, the most powerful particle accelerator on the planet is the Tevatron located in Chicago, but Goliath is on the way. Concerning Higgs and particle colliders, the article continues. The Higgs field, the standard model, and our picture of how God made the universe depend on finding the Higgs boson, wrote Nobel laureate Leon Letterman in his 1993 book, The God Particle. His book championed the superconducting supercollider, the $10 billion accelerator he had designed to nab the Higgs. Because it is thought to be the most massive of all elementary particles, the Higgs boson would show up only in the ultra-high energy collisions. The super collider's particle beam would have collided at 20 times the energy of the Tevatron's. 
But soon after the God particle was published, Congress pulled the plug on the subject. That was the first of several heartbreaks for Higgs seekers. The next came at the Large Electron Positron, or LEP, uh, Collider, a 17-mile-long particle smasher on the Franco-Swiss border at the European Center for Nuclear Research called CERN for short. In August 2000, after a decade of collisions at gradually escalating energies, the Collider team saw data that hinted at the presence of the Higgs. We were sure we were going to find the Higgs particle, says experimental physicist Christopher Tully of Princeton University, who heads the CERN search. It was a very dramatic moment. Unfortunately, the LEP, L-E-P, collider was shut down for good in November 2000 to make way for the $2.5 billion Large Hadron Collider scheduled to open online in 2007. The LHC will be supported by 5,000 physicists and 500 research institutes around the world. It will hurl particles with seven times the energy of the Tevatron. The LHC discovery of the figs is guaranteed if it exists, says experimental physicist Su Young Choi of Fermilab. Einstein spent 30 years trying to uncover the theory of everything. There is an explanation for everything, and his name is Jesus. Colossians 1, 16 and 17, For by him were all things created that are in heaven, that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by him and for him. And he is before all things, and by him all things consist. Einstein, in his search for the theory of everything, said that such a theory would be akin to reading the mind of God. He was correct. End of quote. Carnal man is consistently looking for his roots, his beginning, in actuality, God, but refuses the childlike ingredient to see. You may recall in the late 1990s, the firestorm created by the media concerning the purported discovery of life on Mars. It proved false, but I'll bet you never saw the retraction. The following paragraph was found in Discover Magazine, May 2002 issue. Does life exist elsewhere in our solar system? Someone at NASA might think so. A great deal of the money the U.S. Space Agency has spent on sending probes to Mars, starting with two Viking landers in 1976, has gone toward trying to figure out if life ever took hold there. So far, scientists have found no proof that there ever was, is now, or ever will be life on the Red Planet, end of quote. In spite of the mountains of empirical evidence that says God, the ungodly camp, will continue their futile quest. The following excerpt is a response published in the 2005 issue of Discover magazine given by Robert Casanova, director, Nassau Institute for Advanced Concepts. The question posed to him was what he considered to be the most critical development in space research in the past 25 years, he stated. After the Viking missions of the 1970s, scientists had given up hope of finding life on Mars, which led to the near demise of the Mars program. But in the past 25 years, biologists have found tiny microbes called extramophiles, excuse me, extramophiles virtually everywhere they've looked on Earth, coating rocks in the uh, driest deserts, encased in million-year-old ice or swimming in acid pools. The growing realization that life could take hold in truly hostile environments re-energized the Mars program 
and culminated in the ongoing Mars missions, including the recent robotic explorers, end of quote. The latest report from Mars and man's quest to have life without God are ongoing, but again, hopes are dashed. The following paragraph is from August 30, 2008 issue of Science News under the heading, Mars Lander Confirms Water Ice, and the subhead, Phoenix Also Samples Unexpected Chemical Compound. One of the lander's instruments has also tasted an unexpected chemical compound in the soil. The compound... Uh, perchlorate is an oxidizing agent found in rocket fuel and is considered hazardous to human health. Initial reports suggested that uh, perchlorate's presence on Mars would have made life there unlikely, end of quote. Considering the following information from the God Said Man Said feature past finding out. Here's one for those searching for life in outer space. Robert Ney, in his astronomy article titled, OK, Where Are They, writes, If one chooses to shun speculation and stick solely with observations, one can ask the same question that Nobel physicist Enrique Fermi put forth in 1950. If the galaxy galaxy, is teeming with intelligent life, where are they? The sobering reality is that there is no observational evidence whatsoever for the existence of other intelligent beings anywhere in the universe. End of quote. They continue to search, wasting colossal amounts of resources because they refuse to see. The following excerpts are from the God Said Man Said feature points to ponder. On November 16, 1974, in an attempt to contact life in outer space, the $60 million project utilizing the Arecibo Radio Telescope was commissioned. The undertaking that the world's largest radio telescope was commissioned to do was known as SETI, S-E-T-I, an acronym for Search for Extraterrestrial Intelligence. I have news for Arecibo. We have been contacted. The shocking truth is that extraterrestrials are operating and have been sighted all over the Earth, and the Bible, which was authored by the ultimate extraterrestrial God Almighty, documents it. Concerning extraterrestrial operatives among us, Hebrews 13.2 records, Be not forgetful to entertain strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unawares. Concerning evil operatives, John the Beloved records in Revelations 12.7-9, through 9, And there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon fought in his angels and prevailed not. Neither was their place found any more in heaven. And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. End of quote. They're still looking and listening, and now they're learning how to communicate with any possible aliens they might find. The following is from Answers Update, a publication of Answers in Genesis. The U.S. federal government, through groups like SETI, has spent hundreds of millions of dollars searching for evidence of aliens so that scientists can contact and communicate with them. Imagine the outcry in America if it was discovered that tax dollars were being used by a government agency to teach people to communicate with God by prayer. So-called civil liberty groups like the ACLU would be up in arms, of course, and would threaten lawsuits. Activists who advocate a separation of church and state Nowhere in the U.S. Constitution, Constitution, by the way, would be on CNN, CBS, and so on, demanding a stop to it. Yet a government agency, NASA, 
is currently using our tax dollars to teach students how to communicate with aliens. Here's what's going on. An article on the website of the University of Wyoming, a tax-supported school, states, English 4050-5560, otherwise known as Interstellar Message Composition, is the first class to enlist creative writers in a potential cosmic conversation. Funded in part by the National Aeronautics and Space Administration, Wyoming Space Grant Consortium, it's designed to fill a practical, if extremely theoretical, need. The article continues. We thought a lot about how we might communicate with other worlds, but we haven't thought much about what we'd actually say, says Lockwood, a professor of natural science and humanities. The piece goes on to state, during one of the semester's first classes, Lockwood asked the students to summarize the, summarize, excuse me, the human condition in 250 words, then 50, then 10. Some students chose the poetics. We are an adolescent species. Searching for our identity, wrote English major Ann Stebner, end of quote. Talking to God is easy when you seek him with the necessary childlike ingredient, faith. God speaks to Israel in Second Chronicles 7.14, If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Not only can we talk to the Creator, the one who seeded the earth, and be assured that He hears, but we can also hear His voice as He speaks in return. He talks back with answers, forgiveness, comfort, and instructions for living. God speaks to us through the ultimate ruling source, His majority text, Holy Bible. He speaks through His handiwork of creation. He speaks to our hearts personally and to our needs specifically. Man is constantly looking, always coming close, but then denial. 2 Timothy 3, 7 and 8. Ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Now as Janus and Jambres withstood Moses, so do these also resist the truth. Men of corrupt minds reprobate concerning the faith. Romans 1.28 reads, And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. Since carnal man has refused to retain God in his knowledge, he is doomed to seek empty-headed foolishness. He will pursue those things which are not convenient, not truth. He's looking for God, but in all the wrong places. God said, Exodus chapter 20, verse 11, For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that in them is, and rested the seventh day. Wherefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. God said, Colossians 1, 13 through 20, Who hath delivered us from the power of darkness, and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins, who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature, for by him were all things created, that are in heaven, and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by him and for him. And he is before all things, and by him all things consist. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence, for it pleased the Father, that in him should all fullness dwell. And having made peace through the blood of his cross, by him to reconcile all things unto himself, by him, I say, 
whether they be things in earth or things in heaven. God said, Isaiah 45, 18, For thus saith the Lord that created the heavens, God himself that formed the earth and made it, he hath established it. He created it not in vain, he formed it to be inhabited. I am the Lord, and there is none else. Man said, This earth was not created by God, neither are we unique in the universe. There's life out there, and we will find it. When atheist evolutionist Richard Dawkins was asked by Ben Stein in the documentary Expelled to explain the origin and complexity of life, he suggested we may have been seeded by aliens. Now you have the record.